Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you don't action what your thoughts are within five seconds, you're not going to do that action, right? So if you're not going to get out of bed within that five seconds, you're probably not going to get out of bed for another two, three minutes, or you're just going to press snooze and go back to sleep. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Ricky Tahir, Director of the Global Draft App and Coach Educator for Canterbury Rugby Football Union. Focusing on developing as a coach, we're going to cut to the root on what it means to be a curious coach. Ricky, are you ready for the knife? Yeah, let's get cutting. Okay, how does a curious coach know if they are learning, not just being more curious about what they already know? Yeah, great question. I guess I recently read a book by Adam Grant called Think Again. And after reading that book, it made me more curious around a lot more things. And so... So can I just go back? Uh, yeah. It's interesting then. Why did you pick up that book? That, again, it stood out to me. There was a match and the match was lit on fire. I've listened to a couple of podcasts of, of Adam. And so I decided that this looked like a good book. And the title hooked me when he said about thinking again, and it just kind of, I gravitated towards that book. But yeah, I guess to your question before, the whole thing around getting curious and learning, learning doesn't happen until you do it. So if you keep getting curious about things and then you keep going down that rabbit hole of whatever your topic is. And for me at the moment, it's a lot around decision-making and what that can look like as a coach and how do I coach that for my athletes. And so it's not until I actually get down and do it, then the learning actually starts taking place because I'm actioning it. So what comes sense. first, the, the curiosity or the learning? For me, I guess it comes to curiosity. And that's probably from my background. Before I became a coach and dived into all this type of stuff, I was a chef for almost 10 years. And so my curiosity really evolves around, and it's probably my blurb and my CV is I'm in chase. What is it? Chasing the perfect poached egg and so you've got it the way that you poach egg and the way that I poach egg and if we do it for the same amount of time and we use the same amount of ingredients we're both going to probably have an egg that tastes exactly the same but how do you make that egg taste a little bit more special so if I've got a customer coming into my restaurant how can I make them walk out of that restaurant knowing that they can't cook that poached egg the way that I cook that poached eggs and so that's where my curiosity really probably started to grow and and now it's coming to I've kind of taken that ethos and started to apply it into, into my coaching. So what you're saying is with uh, curiosity, you've, you've got to have a sort of an end in mind. You've got to have a goal that you have, and then you are trying to find different ways to achieve that goal. Yeah, correct. So I guess there's a lot of uncertainty around your curiosity of where, where it can lead you. And don't get me wrong, I've been down a lot of different rabbit holes. And I think the most recent rabbit hole I went is I picked up a book around mathematics. And I'm, like most people, not the best at maths. Numbers just look like foreign words to me and and squiggles. And But after I read the book, what it taught me is that 
mathematicians have this great mind around problem solving. And it's not just one way to solve a problem. There's many different ways to solve a problem. And that's rugby, right? That's that's what our athletes go through when when they're in the middle of the field and then they've got a two on three and they're trying to figure out what's the best option for me here. So how do we create that problem solving mindset as a coach? And so that's where we get, get really curious around what can we do to make these guys better or what can we do to expose them to the experiences and the reason so, why but aren't, aren't, up- aren't we always in a problem solving mindset uh, i mean we we can't get out of it because everything is a problem a challenge to us and we've got to make decisions as soon as uh, as soon as your alarm goes off in the morning you're deciding whether to get up or stay in bed yeah correct and i think what is the science around that if your body doesn't if you don't action what your thoughts are within five seconds you're not going to do that action right so if you're not going to get out of bed within that five seconds you're probably not going to get out of bed for another two three minutes or you're just going to press snooze and go back to sleep so that that whole problem problem solving mindset of your question around there has actually got me really curious and fascinated now because i've never really thought about it in that sense because i think about them as task as whole because I don't think that there's I'm going to make a decision that I need to turn the lights off when I leave the room but it's not a problem for me to be able to turn the lights off because it's quite easy so the problem probably comes when so so, so we're saying is here is that uh, it's we're talking about challenge as opposed to uh so we've got uh, there are there are sort of a different grade of challenges in front of us there's the the challenges that we can solve easily like breathing walking talking eating those sorts of things but then we're uh, we're into the poached eggs correct and so I think everybody can and I love using cooking as an analogy for a lot of my stuff because everybody can identify of how many times I've had to take a poached egg out of the pot of hot water because the water either isn't hot enough or they haven't done a little vortex with the water and all that type of stuff or maybe they haven't added vinegar in or they've tried to do it with salt or they've tried to do it from cold water and then raise the temperature there are all different problems and they're experiencing something different but they're going to eventually come up with a solution whatever that solution might be it could be a fluke for whatever reason they might have forgotten to leave the turn to with the pot they've left the pot on and then it's all of a sudden it's starting to boil and the hot water's bubbling or maybe they've decided just to go onto google and like everybody else and be like how do you poach the perfect poached egg and then up comes a youtube clip and it's probably gordon ramsay telling you how to do it and he's he's fluffing around spinning the water or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is but so i'm just gonna but, go so the interesting thing there is that you're talking about the solution and one one way of thinking about these things is uh that learning's not necessarily finding the solution it's understanding how you found the solution yes and I think that's where the curiosity comes in right so I'm curious of how and you mentioned it before like how we you got to have a goal in mind my goal is to poach perfect poached egg Mm. my goal in mind if I'm a coach is I want to make sure that my players have the best time when they come to training so how do I okay can I just stop you there so I can just I can the thing is I can see and by sheer chance I had poached eggs this morning for breakfast (laughs) and uh, they weren't perfect they were good I can see that that's very easy to understand there's a poached egg on my on my plate I'll put my knife through and the the um egg yolk will run neatly out and that's that's great but in rugby the the outcomes are more difficult to define because uh in a three on two there isn't there isn't necessarily one solution there's lots of solutions it could be that the first player dummies and goes through it could be a missed pass it could be a chip through it could be that uh the uh second player steps in 
and takes a, what we might call an unders line or an inline, uh, uh, runs a hard line. So how that seems that you're setting yourself a, not an impossible task, but a much more difficult part, task than per, poaching the perfect egg. Yeah, correct. And so this is where you probably, the crux of this whole podcast is get curious about that, right? So get curious around what, have a look at the outcome and get curious around what Okay, so right, I'm going to gonna pick you up, mate. So you keep saying get curious, get curious. What do you need to do to get curious without using the word curious? So recently I've started doing these things on Monday called TDGs and TDGs stand for tactical decision-making games. And they're military, they were used in the military and uh, someone, John Schmidt, passed them on to me. And so now I've applied them to a rugby sense. Get curious to me means put yourself as a coach into the position of that player at that point in time. Now, as a coach, we're we're removed from that situation. We're removed from that scenario, right? So we could be stand halfway on the halfway line or behind the sticks, wherever you post up. You're seeing that what that scenario from a different viewpoint to what your whoever that person is with the ball in their hand on that two and two and three overload side. And so and you don't have the pressure, you don't have fatigue, you're pretty well, probably have a little bit of perspiration under your armpits or whatever it is, but you're not as fatigued, you're not as stressed out, you don't have all these different bits of information flying at you, all these types of things. You're watching the game for the game for what it is. But this player is under duress. So you have to imagine yourself in that player's player's position. And so when you... When you do that and when you get curious enough to be able to do that, then you can ask some really, really clear questions regardless of the outcome. So you talked about outcomes. So the outcome is it's a three on two with five metres out. We should be scoring a try. That there is the outcome, correct? But in this scenario, you need to go up to them and like, what were you seeing? What made you do what you did? What, what was happening around you? What was the person inside you saying? What was the person outside you saying? For you to get to this decision, because if you just so go, I, to I think them, I, so. I I can I can see that, and yeah. I I know those sorts of questions are the questions that uh, coaches will ask the players, but uh, you're going to have um, a range of players who are going to have a completely different understanding of the game or engagement with the game, and some of them are not going to be able to verbalise it. The the great try that uh, Van der Merf scored for Scotland um, a few few weeks ago. Uh, yep. When he was interviewed about it, he he couldn't really recall much about it at all until he was shown the tape. I think he probably just uh, didn't remember much about it at all. So how can we? I, I completely understand standing in their shoes, trying to understand their problems. This is going to be difficult for some players to be able to come back to you on these questions. Yeah, and it's probably difficult for everybody, right? So there's. Uh, I talked to a guy on our podcast that we host, a guy called Dr. Preston Klein, and he talked about the 80-20 rule or this 80-20 rule. And so 80%, we can talk about that type of stuff or talk about a situation, 80% of it, right? But then there's 20% of it that we just can't articulate it properly because we haven't, we either don't know the words to explain it properly or we just, for some unknown reason, we just don't know how it happens. And that's probably goes back to, Gary Klein's work around how decision making works and it becomes just an intuitive thing. I don't know. It just I just did it, right? We've all had those players as coaches where you're like, well, what happened here? This is brilliant. What what'd you what'd you see? What'd you do? I don't know. It just felt right. And so 
as coaches, you kind of have to be okay with it. But maybe if you if you have the luxury of having film, right, and you can show them the film, and then maybe you can sit down with them, and maybe you can ask them, "Oh, did you notice that this person was flying?" Oh, no, nah. and they might be like, "Oh, no, nah, not really." But as coaches, you probably have to be okay with it. But it's still okay to be probe and get that get curious around what was actually happening and then you're building more experiences and then maybe get curious around can I recreate that scenario at training so then we can actually identify what actually happened so when you say I get curious around again I just want to dig into this word curious what what is it meaning what actions are you taking so you're saying I'm putting myself uh, in their situation. I'm trying to replicate in my own mind what they're going through so I can ask better questions. Then yeah. uh, you said that learning happens when action happens. Yeah. So for me, the easiest way to explain curiosity to me is like you've got an itch in your brain and you need to itch it. That's the best way that I can explain it for me without getting Okay, so how do you itch it? Into the jargon. How, do, how do you itch your uh, itch? I ask questions I have to either ask questions generally I'll ask like I'm pretty lucky being in the Canterbury environment that I've got some of the best coaches around that I can go to and just be like hey I've got this I've got this percolating in my head at the moment have you experienced this or what what do you know about this can you share it with me I do a lot of reading I do a lot of YouTube scanning a lot of Google search like I have to get that itch from resources or from external resources yeah and so uh, i think the the danger and reason why i asked the question is it's very easy to go down uh, these routes to sort of justify what you're already thinking and you just yeah. you're just drawing on information which backs up what you're saying can you give me an example of where you you started on something and you said actually i've changed my mind on this i'm going to uh, i'm going to approach things slightly differently yeah I can there's probably countless amounts of times that I've done it and there's probably there's probably even more more times that I probably should have done it to give you an give you an example we had a developing teenage rugby right teenage especially teenage boys rugby is it's for us in New Zealand is is a bit of a key focus as as well as a females game but but for my role I focus on teenage boys space and we're developing this this rugby festival it was going to be a tennis side festival we're going to play get as teams can start nominating their own teams or boys can start bringing their own teams and all this type of stuff and I had all these magnificent ideas and then I took it to my team and got them to look over it and read over it and then they just started hitting me with this and they're like oh well have you thought about this and then have you thought about this and what about coaches and like are they going to need to be registered rugby players? And are they going? And I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't a great plan. So you have to be open to feedback, right? So for you to think again, or you have to be open in a sense of going, well, actually, how am I going to test this this idea that I have or this thought that I have? And be and am I actually okay to bin it if it doesn't work? And I think that's the that's the biggest part that I found. And I recommend every coach to go out and read Adam Grant's book think again because he talks a lot about that I used to do it 
I wouldn't say naturally, but I'm okay with getting feedback. I'm pretty comfortable with with who I am as a person. And if people don't like it, then by all means, they don't like it. That's that's up to them. I've again, I was a chef. I don't know how many plates that I had come back to me because because of somebody's taste buds or something like that. There wasn't enough salt, or there was too much salt, or this isn't what medium rare looks like and stuff like that. And I could have been Gordon Ramsay and all those other high profile chefs and told them they don't know what this this is about, but they know in themselves what it is. My role as a coach or my role as a chef was to make sure that they left our restaurant with smiles. My role as a coach is to make sure that our athletes or our players that were coaching leave the training paddock with a smile and they're well prepared for Saturdays and all that type of stuff. But if that's their perception, then I maybe I got it wrong. So then I have to look at me the way that I'm doing things. And coaches do it a lot. Well, not coaches do a lot. When you start out coaching, you probably do it a lot. You get real into the technical side of things. You get real into the tactical side of things. You go and watch. I've seen it before. Seen coaches come here to Rugby Park and they watch the Crusaders train, or they watch the Canterbury NPC team train, and they'll be like, "Sweet, I've got. I know what we're going to do at training," and they copy this and then they paste it into their team. And they're coaching an under fourteen team, and then all of a sudden they're blowing up at their team, and they're just like, "Look." It's just not working. You guys aren't doing it properly. And you're like, mate, have you thought that what you just saw out on Rugby Park, that you can actually drop that into under into your under-14s team? You don't have Sam Whitelock. You don't have Richard Moonga. You don't have these great All Blacks that have great careers or these great Crusaders that have great careers. You've got under-14 players that are here just to have fun. So what the, what they've missed is the edit part. And that's where you can get real curious, right? When When you're watching that, what can I do that's not exactly that, but that is going to be fit for the team that I'm working for. And trial and error, it doesn't have to be perfect. The game of rugby is not perfect, especially at the community game. At the international level, it probably is perfect. But even then, they'll say it's not the perfect game. Eddie Jones himself says that he's never coached the perfect rugby game, right? So you have to get curious around being able to edit things and change things on the fly because that's that's how our athletes are going to learn because you're getting them themselves are getting curious because things are changing. Well, how can I do this better? And if you're not role modeling that and you're role modeling, this is how we do it because this is how I've done it for the last 10 years. And I know it works because five of these players that I coached that were really wicked have gone on and done better, better and greater things. Well, hold on. Was it, was it actually you that they probably attest that to, or is it is it their own natural abilities or their potential that got them seen? And now they've experienced different things, experienced different coaching, and all of a sudden they've gone on. What about the the other players that you had, and they're just like that coach? I just did not enjoy, or that coach because he just didn't get me. So you're not curious enough to understand what your users, and I don't call them users that's probably the app side of me that's talking, but they are essentially your users. They're your customers. Yeah, your user right? experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I love, I love the, and I love the word edit in there as well. That's a, that's a good word to use. Uh, Ricky, this has been brilliant. Um, thank you very much for that. We've, uh, that's um, certainly, um, we've been curious about curiosity there. Uh, so above and beyond working for Canterbury Rugby, he runs the, it is the excellent Canterbury Rugby coaches corner podcast some fantastic guests uh well worth uh, a listen uh for anyone who is interested in all the stuff that we've just been talking about uh his philosophy is sweet i think that's a good new zealand term or perhaps wicked i'm here to help uh you can contact yeah. him on linkedin 
Uh, so that's Ricky Tahir. So that's R I K I T A H E T A H E R E. And email him Ricky at theglobaldraft.com and Twitter at Ricky Tahir. So some questions to finish off. Uh, Ricky, how old are you? I am 38 this year. 38 this year. Uh, what coaching yeah. book is by your bedside? You've mentioned Adam. Uh, Grant uh, quite a lot. So, uh, do you have another one? Yeah, or is I, that the one? I've just finished Malcolm Gladwell's David and Goliath. So, oh. that's been a fair read. Yeah. Good. Uh, what coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? I suppose you've got to say someone uh, you'll work with, but uh, you're allowed to go outside the uh, Canterbury Crusaders massive. If you yeah. Well, look, I'll. It would be hard to go apart, go go past Razor and what he does. Like he is a magnificent operator. But one, I'm really interested and fascinated to see how Eddie goes with his return back to the um, Wallabies and if he can get them back to where they were. Because I don't know, I'm getting a little bit tired of seeing the Splitters Low Cup get raised by the All Blacks. So I'd like to see some actual competition for it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which team or sport or subject would you be? Would you love to coach at the moment? Look, it'd be. It'd be a childhood dream to play for the All Blacks, but the next best thing would be to coach them. So, look, to be to be a true blooded Kiwi, I've got to be able to. It's got to be to coach your national team, right? Okay. And yeah. uh, who's inspired you most? This might sound a little bit corny, but it's my my son Cash and my daughter Ava. Those two, uh, and I've got what another one on the way. But so for How now, it's those those. Those two and, and then my one on the way, the other ones that ex- inspire me the most. So how old are your children? So Cash is, he's turning 15 this year, so he's 14. And then my daughter Ava, she is uh, nine turning 10. So yeah, they're, they're definitely a handful and, and definitely um, fun to be around. So okay. uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self to do more of? Be curious more. Yeah. <laughs> Great. What a great answer. Ricky, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you.